Guys, good to see everybody. It's been a while. Hope everyone's gotten a little bit of rest time. And uh, again, I hope everyone's families are safe and well right now. Uh, look, just to recap and kind of bring you up to speed on what we've been doing since the end of the season. You know, immediately after the season, we took the next week. We did all of our self-scout evaluations on our personnel on the team. We looked through our roster and each position coach rates up all their players, the coordinators, you know, kind of established the needs going forward. I meet with the coaches and the coordinators before we break on a vacation. And then we break on a vacation. We came back uh, several weeks later. And uh, after guys kind of caught their breath a little bit, we recapped our roster. We did that as an entire organization with our personnel departments, management, and the coaches. We made sure everyone's on the same page in terms of, you know, how we played this year, you know, what we have to do to improve the team, you know, what needs we may need to address, all right, personnel-wise. And then we shifted our gear coaching-wise into schemes. And we did a self-scout solely based on scheme of what we've done last year that was successful and what we have to do better. You know, that shifts into not only what we do, but then also studying the league, studying some college, and seeing what's productive out there that we can apply it into our systems and use to give our players a better advantage. You know, from there, we've carried over. Our coach has been working his last couple weeks on league studies and presenting to each other right now in terms of finding better ways to incorporate into our own playbook and expand our offense, defense, and kicking game schemes that we can help going forward. All the while, we've been doing free agent evaluations, and our coaches are currently working on the draft. And uh, along with the personnel department, we've been trying to you know, replicate as best we can the interviews we have at the combine with prospects through Zoom. We've been doing that over a week now with several players a day. Uh, it's been very productive. I think the difference this year is we're all used to using Zoom. So it doesn't take as long to get on the same page. You know, in addition, to update you on some staff moves we've made since the end of the season. We've added several coaches to our staff. Uh, Rob Sales joined us as our offensive line coach. I've known Rob for some time now. Uh, I've worked with him. Uh, I've stayed in very close contact with Rob over the years. He's someone that's always impressed me as a very thorough teacher, as a very detailed and energetic on-the-field coach. And he's someone who has very strong relationships with his players. I thought he was a good fit. We made sure we did our due diligence. Um, I talked to probably over 25 coaches personally. Uh, our staff researched an additional, probably called 15 to 20. We had several interviews in person and uh, countless interviews over Zoom. Uh, I would say that you know they all did a good job. There are a lot of qualified candidates. At the end of the day, uh, the best move for the New York Giants was adding Rob. I'm excited to have him to our staff. You know, in addition to that, Jeremy Pruitt, we've added him as our senior defensive assistant. You know, Jeremy's going to work with all levels of the defense, the back end, the linebackers in the front. Uh, Jeremy's another guy that I've worked with in the past. I've kept him very close contact. Uh, Jeremy's a guy who's coached on all levels, high school, college, and now in the NFL. And he's always impressed me as someone who's been able to connect to every player on the field, uh, regardless of, you know, how they came up, where they're from, geographically, doesn't matter. Jeremy just has a good knack of connecting with everyone. He's one of the best teachers I've ever been around. And uh, it's been fun having him in the building and talking ball. I think he's going to help our staff as far as bringing some new ideas and different ways of running our current schemes. You know, one thing you're seeing in the league right now, there are a lot of college schemes that are trickling up to the NFL based on the players and their skill sets and what they're accustomed to doing. And, you know, having guys like Jeremy and Kevin Shearer and Spence give you a little bit of avenue of looking into ways they've handled similar things in the college game and be able to do it within our own schemes. So that's something that should help us right there. You know, we've added Pat Flaherty. He's going to work in a consultant role with both the offense and defensive staffs. He's going to have responsibilities on both ends 
Obviously, Pat's specialty, being an offensive line coach in this league for a long time and tight ends coach, is really dealing specifically with the front. I'm excited to have Pat here. You know, part of the strength is we have two young offensive coaches or offensive line coach with Rob Sale and Ben Wilkerson. You know, Pat's a good sounding board for those guys to have. He's also someone who can do some extra legwork for us and really break down opponents of what they're doing as well as share with our defensive staff. You know, maybe have some different offense or running and giving Pat a different perspective. Pat Grand, that is a different perspective on what he's seeing on tape. You know, offensively, we've had some different assignment changes. Um, and again, Derek Dooley did a great job for us last year as a senior offensive assistant. You know, really did a nice job as far as preparing for opponents, uh, running our scout teams, and breaking down what we're doing. You know, I thought he was a guy that wouldn't he want to get into a room and get him some guys. We've moved into tight ends coach at this point. Uh, Derek's a guy who's got coordinating experience. He's coached multiple positions, been a head coach. He sees things through a big lens and really sees a big picture at the end of the tunnel, which is important for us. So he'll be our tight ends coach. Freddie Kitchens is going to be our senior offensive assistant. Uh, his primary responsibility is to be working with the front. Freddie's a guy who's coached quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, and has worked you know, hand-in-hand -hand with the offensive line. Again, tying into having two young offensive line coaches with Rob and Ben. I think Freddie's going to be an asset up front working directly with them and helping bring together with game planning, uh, like all of our coaches will, but working directly with Jason. And some of the things are going to happen up front. Uh, all that being said, I'll open up to any questions you may have that I can answer at this point. Bruce Beck, NBC. Hey, Joe, hope you're doing well. Um, year one was about the process and about progress. It was about improvement and development. What is the overall mantra as you get set and look ahead to year two? Yeah, that doesn't really change, Bruce. It's still about being committed to the process. I mean, that, that's really the biggest thing right there. And like 31 other teams, we have to start over this year. So in terms of the commitment to the team, the development of depth on the roster, the continued development of our players that are here, the identification of the right fits of players through free agency in the draft to add to our program, the theme remains the same. You know, the process is to build the team internally, all right, and then add necessary pieces that can add to your team. So the mantra for us is it: come to work every day, do your job, work hard, be attentive, and put the team first. That's going to be the job for every player walking through the door, and that's going to be the job for every coach in this building as well. Tom Canavan, AP. Hey, Joe, as you, as all these colleges are having these pro days and there's no combine, how are you handling this? Are you sending people to every site? Is everything being done virtually? Are, are the guys who are traveling being given kits to stay healthy so they can test themselves? So in terms of the traveling from site to site, you know, I'll let Dave talk about the personnel department, how they're handling that. Uh, we will look to put you know, scouts in the right positions to watch these pro days. I would say that the thing to consider with the pro days going on around the country is the protocols are a little bit different or say the regulations are a little bit different state by state and school by school. The one thing that we've been told that hasn't changed yet is our interaction with players at these pro days will be almost non-existent. And in terms of what school you're at, you may be in the stands in a stadium, watch a player operate on the field. Now, we're going to get videotape of all these pro days. So very similar to the combine, all 32 teams are going to get the same tape of all the players. Really, your best view will be the up-close views of the tape that you're getting. Now, ideally, leading in the draft, you want to get out there. You want to meet in person with these players. You want to look them in the eye. You want to get on the field with them. You want to put them through drills. And you want to really get a feel for these guys on the field, how they respond to your coaching. 
all right, what they can and can't do on the field and really get a feel for their skill set up close. You know, videotape is good. There's really no replacing in-person workouts. That being said, because of the travel around the country right now and then also some of the restrictions at the campus, we're going to be selective at where we send coaches as far as being out to work guys out because, again, you're more going there as an observer than you are to actually work out the players. Uh, it's definitely different than in the past. I'd say it's not too dissimilar than the combine itself where you'd sit in the stands in Indy or in a suite and watch the players work out. But to be honest with you, I'd say 90% of the coaches and personnel that are in the booths or in the suites are looking at the guy on the uh, field and then they're looking at the screen for the replay on TV to get an up-close view of it. Uh, it's not the most ideal view as it is anyway. So, you know, long-winded answer, Tom. Uh, will there be people out there? There will. Uh, is it going to be as much traveling as in the past or as much interaction? No, there won't. However, I'd say we have a lot of confidence in going through the draft last year without pro days at all, dealing solely with, you know, talking to players after the combine on Zoom. And I think we did a good job working as an organization to evaluate them through that process based on our game tape and to get together and make sure that we agreed how we saw the player and what the best decision for the team going forward was. Tom Rock, Newsday. Joe, this offseason seems a, a little bit different in terms of um, some of the top quarterbacks in the league and their, their potential to move around. I'm wondering if your stance has changed at all because of some of the potential availabilities of those players regarding Daniel and uh, why or why not? No, it hasn't at all. It hasn't at all. And again, you know, we have confidence in Daniel. He's a player that we want to work with going forward this team. He showed us a lot of improvements, a lot of things. I go on and on about how much we respect them and like them and, you know, how the locker room responds to them. Um, but the simple answer to that, Tom, is no. And what, uh, you know, last year was obviously about evaluating him and, and, and make coming to that decision. Uh, what do you need to see from him moving forward and what can you do in the next couple of weeks here, the next next couple of months as we head towards the draft to, to help him get there? Well, we're limited on the interaction we can have with the players anyway. All right, we, we touch base our players, text and phone calls. A lot of these guys come through the building. We sit down and have conversations, but it's really not football at this point. You know, it's more just catching up, checking on these guys, making sure that they're good, that their families are healthy, if there's anything need from us that we can assist them with, but it's not football at this point. So in terms of anything we can do leading up to the draft, until we get clearance to start the offseason program and have the players here and really not get on the field with the players till phase two, that's the first time we're really going to get a chance to work with them on the field. Other than that, it'd be you know, meetings in phase one and some meetings in phase two. And then ideally, if we have OTAs again, that's really where they can make the most gains and improvement as a player. And that's for all of our players. Now, in terms of Daniel, like every other player uh, and every coach, we all have things we have to improve on and take strides forward in this year. So that's no different for any player on our roster, any player in the league, really. Uh, but our focus is internally coaches and players. You know, we all have to improve. We communicate that directly. I do with all the coaches. Uh, we communicate directly with all of our players and things that we have to improve on both short-term and then long-term throughout the career. And then we put together a system and a plan for them to attack that and go forward with it. Hi, Leonard. Daily News. Hey, Joe, this offseason, how do you balance trying to plug some holes on your roster to win in 2021 with, you know, continuing continuing to rebuild the roster and looking at the long-term picture, like when you're evaluating free agent decisions and, and that kind of thing? Look, I'm always a bit, I'm always a long-term picture guy. And I think you have success by continuously building your team through the draft, by developing your players, by adding the right players in free agency who not only fit you schematically, 
but fits you personality and culture-wise in the locker room. I think the one thing to keep in mind as we go through this free agency point of the year, and look, it's very exciting. There's a lot of press and media, and it's all over TV. But the reality is it's not fantasy football. You can't just grab a player, put him on your team, and think everything's going to work out. It has to be the right fit for your team going forward. And that's a fit culturally, and that's a fit schematically. And it's got to go both ways. All right, there's things that we do here that, you know, look, we don't make it easy on our players and coaches. That's by design. You know, and the guys we have in this locker room have bought in. Uh, we have a lot of fun here through doing that, but we have a way of doing things. That's not for everybody, to be honest with you. And, you know, you got to make sure you bring someone who's going to fit the culture and that's going to buy into what you're doing and that shares the same principles and values and team goals that you have. So, you know, in terms of balancing that, Pat, you know, to me, it's just about continuously adding good players to your roster. And then it's our job internally to help those players promote their career through developing them and getting better on the field. Hey, Jordan, we're on ESPN. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hey, Jordan. Uh, you said, you know, you evaluated your own team and, you know, what, what you kind of need in regards to personnel-wise. So I'm wondering, obviously, you're not going to tell me exactly who you want to get or whatever, but... I'm, from a big picture, what are your goals personnel-wise this offseason? Yeah, look, so I'm going to give you an answer, and, and this is actually as clear and transparent as I could be. And it's going to seem very generic and very washed out, but this is as simple as I can put it. The priority is really just to add as many good players to this team that we see helping us down the stretch and building with this. That's the goal. Add good players, all right, who fit what we're looking to do, who can add to the skill sets we need as a team and at the same time fit the culture in the locker room that we're building here. So I know it sounds very generic. There's guys at all positions that are available throughout the league. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to is making sure whatever position we bring guys in that they fit us and that we fit them. So being specific on one position at least, how important is it for you to add a top playmaker in regards to a receiver this offseason? Yeah, I think we've got to do things to help our players on our roster. We've got to make sure we keep putting these guys in positions to be successful. And part of that is by, you know, adding talent and, you know, compete and improving the competition on the roster. All right, so that could be through the draft. That could be through free agency. Uh, that could be a lot of different ways. So in terms of adding specifically a receiver, look, if the right situation's up with a guy in free agency, then we'll pursue it. If the right situation's up with a guy in the draft, then we'll pursue it. You know, my focus as a coach is when we get whoever we have in the building of continuing to put them in the right position to be successful and use their skill sets. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Hey, Joe. Um, you guys obviously added a lot of uh, young offensive linemen last year, and I know you made it a point to work them into the rotation throughout the year and get them some experience. I'm curious, like, how much do those guys kind of play into your decision-making in terms of adding offensive linemen this offseason, and, and how do you feel generally about that group uh, coming out of last year? Well, I think because you play five guys at a time at that position, you're always looking for good offensive linemen to bring into your program and develop, okay? You can never have too many good offensive linemen. No one's ever upset that they have a really good offensive line. So I'm very pleased with the development our young guys got last year. I'm pleased with you know, the continuity they built in of not really just being five guys working together, but really it was seven to eight guys working together through different stretches of the season, all right, and really getting a feel for each other. That being said, Again, we're always looking to add good players that can add to our roster. And, you know, every player has to compete for what they get here. So specifically to the offensive line, I'm pleased with the progress those guys made last year. And if there's someone at some point to add to the team that's going to be the best move for the team, we'll always consider that. Kim, Kim Jones, NFL Network. 
Hey, Joe. Um, good to see you again. Where are you on Dalvin Tomlinson, and how would you evaluate a guy who doesn't have the biggest stats because of the position he plays, but certainly seemed to be really important to what your defense was able to do last year? Yeah, I mean, look, specific to our players who are free agents, look, I said after the season, I'll say it again, I'd love to have all of our guys back. You know, I really would. Uh, I'm not going to comment on, you know, anything specifically to contracts, and obviously we have a lot of, you know, love for Dalvin as a person and as a player. To me, I don't think stats are always the overlying factor. You have to understand how you're using within your scheme and the overall production he has sometimes by allowing other people to be productive. Look, in terms of Dalvin, I can't say enough good things about him. All right, I love him as a person. Um, he's a fun guy to coach. You know, all that being said, we'd love to have all of our guys back. Uh, there's a process every team has to go through this time of year through free agency, and uh, all that stuff be addressed when the time comes. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Hey, Joe. Uh, have you talked to Nate Solder? And what do you expect him to play this season? Did he give you that indication? And do you need either him or Kevin Zeitler around, if not both, to mentor your young offensive lineman? Yeah, I'd say both those players are players who are under contract and currently on our roster. Um, look, I'm not going to speak for Nate. Uh, the answer is yes, I have talked to Nate. And to be honest with you, uh, the majority of our conversations have actually had nothing to do with football. I've talked a good uh, bit with Nate since the end of the season and just checked up on him in terms of how the year off went, how uh, his family's doing, how his son's doing, and how he's doing personally. So we've had a lot of conversations. We have talked some football. Um, there's other areas are building as well that, that are in conversations with Nate. Uh, but when the time comes to address all that, you know, we'll know. You know, obviously these things don't all happen in one day, and we'll see where everything goes. But these are players that we'd love to have back. They're guys on our roster. So, Matt Lombardo, fan-sided. Hey, Joe. Um, this year in particular with the cap being lower, I'm just curious when you look at two positions like pass rusher and wide receiver, which Jordan asked you about, um, how you weigh what's happening in the draft. It's obviously a very deep receiver class. So does that kind of shift your way of thinking about that position? And maybe the same goes for pass rusher where it might not be so deep and you might need to dip into free agency? I mean, it's our job to know everybody who's in the draft as well as everybody throughout the league. That's a free agent. It's our job just to know everyone throughout the league on other rosters as well. That's just part of the job of knowing the people in the NFL. Um, speaking specifically on those positions, you know, look, you're always doing your homework based on what's available and different avenues to add to your team, whether it's free agency or the draft. Sometimes they do well off each other. Other times they may not. I think the decision always comes down to who's available at what times and is it the best move for the organization. Thanks. Justin Waters, Pixie 11. Hi, Joe. Just following up on wide receivers, I wanted to know when evaluating them, especially because so much isn't in person, what characteristics are you looking for on film or intangibles besides, obviously, as you mentioned, fitting into the culture? Yeah, look, for all of our players, we're really looking for a smart, tough, and fundamentally sound. Now, you can evaluate a good bit of that on tape. You can evaluate the smart through the instincts you see them play with on the tape. Uh, you can evaluate the tough through how they play with a physical mentality and how they respond to the tough situations in the game. And fundamentally sound, you've got to see you know, on the tape how they play within their positional execution. All that being said, you're evaluating critical factors, not to what they've done, but what you think they can do projecting going forward. So in terms of evaluating anybody simply on tape, you've got to do your best work in terms of really evaluating how they play. Ultimately, the most important evaluation is the game tape. You know, when you talk about these draft prospects, it's important for us to do our homework on these guys, important for us to have 
good interaction in person and be very intentional in the questions we ask them to make sure that we find out the information we need to. Patty Trainer, Giants Country. Hi, Coach. How you doing? Hey, Patty. Coach, um, just to follow up on something you said at the beginning, um, you went through uh, an offseason last year like none other. It looks like it's going to be the same kind of parameters in terms of virtual and whatnot. I'm just wondering what kind of improvements have you identified that maybe you want to change going forward into this offseason to be get better results on, on the results? Well, I'd say the first thing is in terms of the makeup of this offseason, Patty, uh, nothing's been done officially uh, that we've been communicated to about. I'd say our hope is still to have the players in person, whether that's in intense protocols or whatever it may be. Obviously, it's a voluntary program. So, you know, it's on the players of, you know, what they want to do with their offseason. I can tell you this, uh, easily over 90% of our players talking at the end of the season, you know, voiced to me their desire to be here this spring and the importance they know on working here. I think we have a young team who understands that, you know, we have to work to improve. Uh, but that being said, it's a voluntary program. We're going to do everything we can do to help the players when we're allocated the time. Now, I'd say specifically into the virtual part of Patty, uh, actually, we had a long talk about that after the season. When we talked about evaluating everything we do as a process, we had a long talk about the virtual element of the program, whether it was spring or in season. And that's something based on whether or not we have to do it because uh, we're mandated to in the future, whether that's spring of the season. Also, we looked at some of the benefits of using it as a change-up like we did sometimes this year throughout the season. And we saw benefits of doing it at different times, possibly virtually. Now, that's got to be the right makeup of the team, the right time of the year, and the right situation to use it. One thing I thought our staff got very good at, and our players as well, was being very interactive at the end of the year through Zoom. It wasn't so much just tune in and listen, but it was really the interaction that we were able to really simulate those in-person meetings. And the more interactive the meetings got, the more benefit we saw on the back end of the year. Uh, I would say that, you know, just seeing what we did last year that was beneficial, Patty, that would be the main focus of carrying into this spring. The other thing, too, is, you know, we reach out to a lot of people and we try to find out, you know, what do they do differently? And I'm talking about, you know, talk to college programs. What are they doing differently with, you know, a younger generation of players? Talking to high school coaches. How do they have to interact with their players? Talking to teachers in high schools or professors in college. What are things they found beneficial as far as teaching? What other tools are there out there that we're not using that could keep the uh, players stimulated and engaged throughout meetings. So we're always looking to go ahead and do it. To me, the number one uh, thing is interaction, though, Patty. Thank you, Coach. We'll, we'll take three more. Ed, Daryl, Chris, Ed Valentine, Big Blue View. Hey, Coach. Um, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to follow up on, on Rob's sale. You guys have obviously put so much thought and effort into offensive line with Freddie's new role with bringing in Pat Flaherty. Um, if you can just expand on why you think Rob Sale is the right guy to help this young offensive line. Yeah, listen, like I said earlier, Rob's an excellent teacher. He's a great high-energy coach, very detailed on the field. His guys respond to him. I've watched him develop a number of players at different places, All right, whether he was at Georgia, Arizona State, or Louisiana. I've seen him develop a number of offensive linemen They've been successful. I think the biggest thing is when you look at, you know, some of these programs, they start out with these higher recruits and their ceiling is high, but the room to get to the ceiling is not always as high. What I've seen with Rob is, you know, some of the guys he's developed in the programs he's been in where he's truly had to mold them and bring them along, both from their physical development as well as their mental understanding and on the field performance. So, look, I'm very pleased with what him and Ben have been doing the last few weeks together, working together. 
uh, but tying directly into Rob, uh, look, his ability to teach, his ability to establish relationships with his players, and the response he gets from his guys and how they play on the field, that to me, they all just line up to be the best fit for us. Thank you. Joe Slater, NJ.com. Joe, as you self-scouted your pass rush last year, what did you think of it? And then tying into that, now that Leonard Williams will be back with you guys, uh, how does that impact uh, how you view that area and entering free agency in the draft? Well, look, it's a passing league. I mean, truly it is. I mean, the, you have to be able to stop the run to be effective on defense. But when you look at the guys getting paid the most money, it's obviously the quarterbacks. It's a passing league. So when you talk about the pass rush, it, it can never be just one player. You have to have depth in that, those positions, and it has to come from multiple areas. So to me, the improvement of the pass rush as you know the year went on last year was a combination of uh, the improvement made up front with the defensive line, the outside linebackers in our pass rush games, and then also on the back end with the way the defensive backs improved and the coverage on the back end to give them more time to get to the quarterback. You know, Nothing really happens independently of each other. If the coverage isn't sound, you can't have a pass rush. You know, If the pass rush isn't sound, they got to cover for a long time, and all of a sudden that ends up not being really in your favor. So really I saw the improvement of the defense as a whole, and that's what we have to really go ahead and keep emphasizing is making sure that all three levels, the DBs, the linebackers, and the defensive line, continue to improve within our schemes. And then we have to make sure that we use guys in the best situations and matchups to be successful. And in terms of Leonard Williams, you know, him coming back, how does that impact how you view things going into free agency in the draft with your pass rush? Look, like I said about all of our players, man, I'd love to have Leonard back. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that obviously we really value in this building and we'd love to have him around here. Um, you know, when we talk specifically about how that helps the pass rush, I think good players help you play good. And it's no secret that he's a very good player. Last question here, Chris Bisignato, Giant Insider. Hey, Coach, you talked about going over schemes and making some adjustments. I'm curious, um, in a tight end position, you and Jason, do you feel that you fully utilize Evan Ingram, even a guy like Levine Tololo in the offense, the way you attack defenses? And after looking at every play, I'm sure you looked at every play, Coach, numerous times, how do you feel about Evan Ingram still? Do you feel this guy is the future here? I love Evan. I have a ton of confidence in Evan. He's fun to coach. The guys have fun playing with. He gives everyone in the locker room a lot of confidence. This guy's guys out there every day. And this guy works tirelessly. I mean, tirelessly. This guy empties the tank every day. So in terms of confidence within the program, absolutely we have confidence in him, 100%. And he's a guy, you know, that obviously we have to keep continuing to feature in the offense, along with Caden Smith and Levine and all the other tight ends that will be in our program because these are guys with skill sets, and we just got to make sure that we keep on doing things to use their versatility and skill sets to put them in a position of strength.